The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. A little bit of a special show for you today. You guys get tired of uh, of reading my stuff and hearing all of my opinions all of the time, so a little bit of a special treat for you today. We have joining us the author of a couple of the most memorable kicks in New York Giants history, chance to uh, to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Giants these days. We're joined right now by former New York Giants place kicker Lawrence Tynes. Lawrence, thank you very much for coming on with me. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, so, you know, one of the reasons that I reached out to you is that, that I'm just fascinated by your Twitter account. I get a kick out of your Twitter account. You know, folks, if you're not following LT4 Kicks, uh, you're, you're missing uh, you're missing a whole lot of fun, a lot of good insight, a lot of good opinions. And uh, I, I just have to ask you, you have some fun with that? I do. I enjoy it. You know, I never I never had social media when I played for obvious reasons. It was kind of new, and it was just for me. It was just something I never really thought about having. And then when I got done, I was like. You know, I'll never miss another kick in my life, so no one can ever get at me. So I can really kind of just <clears throat> say what's on my mind there. But obviously you can tell from my tweets, I I have an enormous passion for New York football and the Giants. I mean, I, I am a fan as much as the next person. Um, and then I have opinions on, you know, the, the league in general. But um, I really enjoy interacting. I mean, I, I do respond to fans. I don't just, you know, hit the mute button and say what I want to say. I do want to hear what other people have to say, which I think that's what that platform's for, opinions and, you know, ideas. And, and there's a lot of smart fans out there, so I, I really enjoy it. Oh, you're a better man than me. I love the mute button. <laughs> I don't think I, I mean I've listen I've done the the block or mute I mean that that just because you know some people say some just ridiculous things so mm-hmm. hey so I so kind of where I wanted to start is is what you mentioned I can tell you know that you still have 
a real passion for the Giants, that you follow them as a fan, you know, that you still care what happens there. And through the lens of a guy who played through, you know, two Super Bowls, through a really great era of New York Giants football, how hard has it been for you to sit back and see what's happened with this franchise over the last few years? It's tough. I mean, you know, it, it, it's hard to watch it. And it's, to me, it's, it's almost, it, it's not unexplainable because we can all point to reasons why, but in some regards, you see other teams doing more with less. So then it becomes frustrating uh, in terms of a fan and, you know, I I still put something Giants on, a hoodie, a shirt, or something on Sundays, no matter what our record is. I go to the grocery store in it. You know, I just – I'm such a fan. But, it, you know, it's really hard to to put my finger on it. Like, I I watch and I, I played the game and I was in the locker room and I, I just can't – I don't know what it is. I, I think there is some, you know, some talent deficiencies defensively. But um, – you know, I look around for, you know, I, I don't really know who the leaders of this team are. It's, you know, offensively you can point to Saquon and obviously he's, no, he's just a young player himself. But, you know, defensively, who's the guy? I mean, I see Ogletree doing the, the pregame speech. And stuff. I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like on the field they have any, like, clear-cut leaders, motivators. And, and that's just from, you know, that's just what I see. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of felt that way for a while now, for the last few years. We know that that Eli Manning was never sort of that out front sort of vocal guy. And it's funny because we sit up in the press box during the games and it's like, well, okay, who's going to do the pregame speech? And I guess if you're going to win, you know, one of the things is, you know, from your own playing experience, do you I mean do you have to know who the leaders are? I think you do. I mean, I think it's important um to to identify leaders and you know that doesn't always mean you have a C on your chest either because I felt like I was one of the leaders of our football team. I, I didn't have a C on my chest. But um you know, I was vocal. I I'd talk to the guys in every position, motivate a little bit as much as I could and I just think that, you know, you got to have captains, so you know. You, you know, you, obviously Eli's a, a no-brainer. Zach Diossi's a no-brainer. Guys that have been there from those previous two championship teams. But um, in terms of the, you know, the new guys that have come in since I've left, I just, I don't know that I see uh, any clear. I shouldn't say that because I'm not in that locker room because I don't know what the day-to-day is. But it just, it has a feel and a sense of, you know. Yes, there, who's the Antonio Pierce? Who's the Justin Tuck? Who's the Strahan? Who's the Chris Nee? You know, the Sean O'Hara's. I don't know. I just don't see or feel that with this team. Well, hopefully, you know, as uh, Dave Gettleman's gone through a couple of drafts now, hopefully those kinds of guys will develop. I think that's sort of where the Giants are right now. They're sort of starting over and trying to find that core. Um, you know, so... I don't know if you look at some of this young talent; it makes you optimistic, or uh, you know, or if you have a if you have a feel for for any of that. 
Yeah, I mean, I really liked B.J. Hill last year. I know he's kind of fallen off a little bit this year. Um, Dexter Lawrence is doing a great job. Defense, I'm just talking defensively now. Um, you know, I love this, the, the receiver Slayton. I think he's going to be a, a stud uh, in the fifth. To get that kid in the fifth round, I mean, he could potentially become your number one guy with his speed and, you know, he's got decent size and, you know, that would be a, that would be a home run for us if we could get a number one, keep, you know, Sterling healthy, get him in the slot, get, get Ingram healthy. I mean, it it just seems like we've just never had the full arsenal on the field consistently to produce offensively. And then defensively, I think is, is our biggest weakness. I mean, the back ends, you know, it's a little bit older veteran players, but I know everyone's down on Baker and, and listen, I would say cornerback's the hardest position to come in and play right away. Um, if anyone remembers a, a great success story, I mean, if you look at Corey Webster, I think he was kind of in that same boat. Not as high a pick, but, you know, he was a second-rounder. Struggled, struggled, struggled. And then I believe it was my first year there. I wasn't there when Corey struggled, but I had heard the stories. And, you know, goes out and has an unbelievable playoff run and then turns it into some really solid years after that. So I, I would give Baker some time. I mean, that is a tough, tough job. And, you know, we're not getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback, which is making his job more difficult. So, you know, I, I think, you know, just let him develop a little bit. I like the pick. I mean, obviously we'll, time will tell. Um, but, you know, it's I, – I just think there's – we need an overhaul probably on the – on the defensive side in terms of, you know, personnel. Let me let me ask you a little bit more about Baker. You know, I mentioned your Twitter account earlier, and, and you had a couple of things to say on Twitter about Baker and about what can happen mm-hmm. in a locker room. You know, you saw the play where, where we oh, all yeah. thought he kind of loafed across the field. I mean, is that for you, especially with a young player who's who's not proven – is that an alarm bell for you as to, as to his future? And, and just explain kind of, you know, when you talk about the locker room sort of cutting him or, or handling that, you know, what exactly are we talking about here? Well, that's what I'm saying. And to answer you the first part of your question, it, is it an alarm? Yeah, I think, you know, I always say and everyone says attitude and effort are free. You don't need talent to run to the ball. Um, so that is a little bit of an alarm, um, for me, I I wouldn't hold it against him, but I'm never going to forget that he did that because if he does it again, you know, in critical moments as, as he progresses in his career, then, then you probably have a real problem, but he is a young player. His, his head is spinning. It's a tough position. Um, I think, you know, the, the guys, the leadership, you know, obviously from the coaching staff to the defensive side of the ball, I know for a fact that Justin Tuck or Antonio Pierce, and I don't like comparing, but I'm just speaking from when I played, those guys would have handled that um, internally in a polite way. You know, we're not going to, you know, it's not fights. It's just we're all professionals. You get in there and you just kind of look at the guy, pull him to the side professionally. And I know Justin would do this. I know Strahan would do this. I know Antonio would do this, whoever. Uh, intro role and just talk to him. He's a young player trying to figure it out and give him positive affirmation that, hey, you're going to be a great player. Let's figure this thing out here. And listen, we can't have that, you know, because this is a we thing. It's not an I thing. And so 
I think um, I still like him. I, I know he's having his struggles right now, but he's a talented kid, um, and he's playing in a tough market where obviously all of us are on him because of his draft status. And so, you know, I'm optimistic uh, that he will, you know, improve and become a, a legitimate, you know, number one, number two corner. All right, so obviously, you know, another guy who I saw you talk a little bit about on your Twitter account recently is uh, is Giants kicker Aldrick Rosas. And, and, and we know Rosas was so good last year, struggled as a rookie, he turned into a Pro Bowl kicker last year. And we know, you know, you've missed your share of kicks. You, you miss some, you make some. You know, I think about the Green Bay game, you know, and all of those things. But I... Where do you where do you see or how do you feel about Aldrick Rosas at at this point? Is what we saw last year the real the real Rosas? You think? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's uber talented. Um, I, I think the thing as I dive into it more is I kind of looked at okay, well, why is he struggling? And, and I'm a huge numbers guy, and I look at stats and all over the league. But what I saw. Rosas last year compared to this year was he literally has half the amount of attempts that he had last year. So as a kicker, when in-game reps are really, really important. Early in the game, you'd love to get a PAT, a field goal, something, right? Because in-game reps are different than any other reps you're going to have in practice or in pregame. So uh, I noticed that, you know, I think through 10 games last year, Aldrich was – he was 20-21, something like that. I mean, that's a lot of field goals. And so he was in such a good rhythm. The operation was fantastic, which I think that's part of his problem now. The operation has been a little bit off lately. Um, but, again, it's it's because that unit is just, you know, I think they've in the first ten games, there's three games with no field goal attempts at all. There's one game where he has four, and he's only made eight field goals. So if you think about that, he's got like five games where he hasn't made a field goal. And so, I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, that that is it's tough to get into a rhythm. Um, obviously, it's his job to be a professional and and make those kicks. But if I had to point to anything, I would just think, you know, kind of like I said, until it's just a lack of rhythm. Like he he doesn't have many reps in the games, and um, I think that's hurting him. <clears throat> so. I think he is who he is, and that's the problem too with a, with a year like last year is is I don't know that you'll ever do that again. You know, as a kicker, I mean, he missed you know one field goal, one PAT. I mean, that was a tremendous season, unlike you know anyone's ever had in the history of that franchise. But I think the problem if you if you do that when you're young is you're going to consistently be compared to that number and chase that number. He's eighty percent, and he's not having a great year per se, but he has six more games to make, you know, 10 in a row and finish at 85, 87%. So um, I wouldn't judge it all right now, um, but, you know, the whole league is down. I mean, it's, you know, league average the last, you know, five, six years has been around 84, 85%. I mean, league average right now is hovering right around 80. So something is going on league-wide uh, to where the numbers are way, way down. I mean, five percentage points in a season is is quite a bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it league-wide, but 
what I did want to ask you about in terms of Rosas, as you were talking, you know, I know you're a big golfer, and and I hack around on the golf course a little bit. Is it a little bit like golf, where you can practice and practice and practice, but it's hard to uh, to take, you know, your your stroke from the range, you know, into a competition, you know, unless yes. you've gotten some of that that competitive reps. Because it's hard to, to to duplicate the feel of a game versus the feel of a practice, and you can put a kicker in any pressure situation you want in practice. It, it's not even close to what a game is. So you have to experience these things in games and you get more comfortable as time goes on. But, you know, listen, kicking in the NFL, and I tell anyone that'll listen, kicking in the NFL is not how many you make. It's how, it's what do you do after you miss? And, and that's the reality of the NFL because you're going to make a bunch in a row. And, you know, when you miss, typically, you know, it's kind of a, a kick in the butt to you because, you know, most kickers, through practices and pregame warm-ups, you're making 95 100% of your kicks. So to miss one in a game is a little bit of a shock to the system. That's why I even tell college kickers, high school kickers, kicking is what you do after a miss. And so, you know, I don't know how many back-to-back he's had. You know, in my career, I only had two games or three games where I missed two field goals. So that I was really good at, you know, blocking out misses, which is, if you look around the league, all the guys that last a long time are the guys that, you know, sure, they're going to miss every once in a while, but what do they do after that? And so um, I just think that's – he's going to have to figure it out. You know, And to his – I'll defend him a little bit, and I think Zach would even admit this too. I mean, their operation has not been good in the last couple of weeks, and I think that's that's the whole unit. They just have not been out there enough to get comfortable, to get, you know, consistent reps per game. So all of that's playing a little bit into everything. So hopefully they can clean it up and, you know, get on a run here in these last six games and, you know, get everybody feeling real good. I'll tell you what, Riley Dixon, I think, is a Pro Bowl punter. I'll tell you what, he's really good. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up Dixon because he's a guy I kind of thought in the preseason that, that the Giants, I don't know if they were trying to send him a message or, but, but, or if they, you know, when they brought in, you know, the former Oakland Raiders kicker, I think it was Johnny Townsend, but he has, for whatever reason, you know, he has really responded this year. I mean, I think I saw something that I'll ask you about as a kicker and maybe punting is a little bit different, but Jeff Fiegel's, who I think was a teammate of yours at one point. Am I, yep. am I correct? Jeff, yep. I think, said at one point in time, he was in the league for, what, 17, 18 years? Who's Jeff? Uh, Jeff, Eagles. 22. 22. So, yeah, yeah, so even longer than I thought. But, um, you know, he said it took him a bunch of years to actually figure out what he was as a kicker. Is there something to that, you know, Basically, you know, as a punter or a place kicker is just figuring out, you know, exactly what your mechanics are, exactly what your routine is, you know, and and what you're actually doing with the ball. Yeah, there's so much to that. I mean, Riley's, what is he, 25, 26 years old. I mean, he's a young punter in terms of, you know, years of service. He's in his fourth year. Um, You know, he started out in Denver and had some good years, but – 
he's doing a really nice job. And, and Jeff's right. It, it takes you some time. I mean, it was my in my fourth year, you know, I was with the Giants and <clears throat> had my best field goal percentage year. Um, it, it takes a little bit of time uh, to, to figure out your routine, your – yeah, and you just gain confidence more and more every time you, you play in games and you punt well. And I think that's what you're seeing with Riley. I mean, he's a big, strong kid who, you know, he'll play another 10 or 15 years if he wants. I mean, he's he's a powerful guy, and you need a guy like him up there in the Northeast when it's cold. So I really like him. He's a great holder, um, you know, and, he, and he's doing a really nice job punting the ball this year for sure. So, um, yeah, it's – it's you know that it's funny that those three specialists walk out they look like tight ends i mean between dixon and rosas and diasi i mean they're all 64 65 230 plus i mean it's they're, they're i think i think aldrick probably likes making tackles better than you did yeah i you know i did that early in my career until i got my bell rung once and then i learned and you know, Coach Coughlin and them said, look, we only have one kicker, so don't be going down there trying to be a hero. So <laughs> I obliged very quickly because uh, <clears throat> sometimes it, it doesn't feel real good. All right, let's take a, a really quick break here for a word from our sponsors, then we'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Lawrence Tynes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we're talking with former Giants place kicker Lawrence Tynes. Lawrence, I have to ask you, if I'm not mistaken, at least during part of your career with the Giants, you lockered next to Eli Manning. Am I correct? Yeah, I was there my whole career. Okay. So with, you know, with what's going on with the Giants, we talked a little bit about that at the top of the show with what's going on with the Giants and in watching a season where obviously Eli has has been replaced by Daniel Jones, it, you know, it's it, so it's just not going to end for Eli the way any of us would like to see it end. I mean, how how hard is that for you to watch at, at this point? With you know, with Eli sort of just just watching as his career fades away. It's tough because of all the things he's done for you know for us and for the city and for that organization um it is it's it's strange it i think it's more strange than it is tough because you know father time is undefeated in football and um eli had an unbelievable run and and a really tough market and you know for the greatest football franchise in the nfl and so um i think it's just strange to see him standing and you know with a ball cap on and an earpiece and and not playing but I will uh give the you know management and coaching staff my full backing on that it it was the right thing to do um there's clearly kind of a drop off and you know maybe some arm strength I you know I I still think he could do it if he needed to but I I just think you know where we were as a franchise 
you draft Daniel Jones, you know, six overall, it, he, you got to play that kid. And so um, I have an enormous amount of respect and love for Eli Manning, always will. So, um, you know, I, it, I think it's more strange. I, I don't think it's tough because I don't think Eli feels that way. Eli – Eli's not, you know, he doesn't want people to feel sorry for him, and, 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 you know, he doesn't want a ceremonial start at the end of the season. He would never agree to that, I don't think, just knowing him. He just wants the best player to play, who right now is Daniel Jones, and that gives him the best chance to win. And so um, I think that's where his mindset is. He's, he, he's the ultimate te- great teammate, as you guys know. You spend a lot of time. He's just the best. And so – you know, um, I, I guess I don't know how it ends. I mean, I, does he come out for the coin toss? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to envision how the last game of the year is going to go. And, you know, I'll definitely be there no matter what they do. If it's – I just see him in the locker room after the game or before the game. I just want to, you know, make sure he knows what I'm thinking about him. Yeah, I haven't figured that one out either. I'm I'm yeah, sure that I don't it's know something – Yeah, I wonder what they would do. I mean, some sort of – video tribute or something i don't know It'll yeah we'll, we'll see but it's uh it's it's a tricky one because as you said i i don't anticipate him you know no. wanting some sort of ceremonial start no. or ceremonial series or or whatever yeah. so we'll figure that out hey i have just a couple more questions for you before i let you go here i wanted to ask you just a thought on sterling shepherd now we know that that you know Sterling's had a couple of concussions this year and he's back to practice and Pat Shermer was saying again this week that he thinks they might clear him to play again sometime soon. You know, now you had your own health battle, you know, after you left the Giants and I guess what I want to ask is when you go through something like that, I'm sure that it changes your perspective a little bit. And as you think about Sterling Shepard and his long-term health, I mean, if you had a chance to talk to him, I mean, what what might you tell him? Well, I mean, I think obviously you listen to all the information that's been given by the experts and the doctors that you've seen, and um, you, you just you go from there. I mean, that's essentially what I did with my situation is, you just have to listen to the people that, you know, get paid to give you information. And then, you know, then you talk to your wife and then obviously he's a young father. And um, I think part of it, part of the equation is two and eight, right? For me, um, as an organization, I I would sit him. I I would do what's best for him because he gets to, yeah, I I just don't want him going out there playing with any kind of fear, uh, which, is probably natural after having a couple this year. And then the recurrence, you know, two or three weeks after is probably scary. I don't know enough about concussions, but it kind of seems alarming to me that he was healthy and then all of a sudden, you know, a, a week, a day before the game, he, he had more symptoms. So um, if I'm the Giants and I was running the organization, I would sit him and, you know, give him the rest of the year off. He's a, he's a great giant. He's a great kid. He's got a bright future. If his, you know, if he can stay away from these concussions and then just let him, you know, figure it out over the off season. Because, uh, you know, these head injuries as we've seen are, you know, they're, they're serious deals. So 
that's that's how that's what I would you know that's how I would talk to him about it. All right. So final question for you, a little bit more a uh, little bit more lighthearted. I I mentioned earlier that that I know you're a big golfer these days, and I, so I wanted to ask you a about the state of your golf game, and b um, I wanted to ask you about primetime sports and, uh, and or primetime sports, excuse me, you know, and, yeah. and where you're going with that. So uh, golf game is fine, you know. I don't I don't play a lot. I just played in Ken Duke's event down at the Floridian this past weekend with. Johnny Damon and Tim Wakefield and Jack Nicholas yesterday, so that was a ton of fun. Uh, the golf game's good. I'm an eight handicap. You know, I don't play as much as I'd like to because I have 12 year old twin boys that keep me running from basketball court to sports field to this field to that field. So, um, but I do enjoy playing the game. And so, what I've done with with, with primetime sports is uh, I've gotten involved. I've always had a passion for you know, sports in general, but, you know, I represent a couple of PGA Tour players, and um, I want to get into football, so naturally I'm going to have to go through the whole NFLPA stuff and submit my information in January, and then I'll take the test. I believe it's in June or July, so I can start um, representing players, and I will solely focus on um, kickers, punters, and snappers will be kind of my niche when it comes to the NFL. So <clears throat> hopefully I can have some, find some good young talent and then, uh, you know, help them out and manage your careers a little bit. Well, hey, you know, I appreciate your spending some time with me, folks. Check out uh, Lawrence. If you're not following LT4Kicks, please do that. You won't be disappointed. A lot of good insight there. Some uh, some fun stuff on occasion, too, from, from Lawrence. So, hey, thank <laughs> you very much for... Uh, for spending some time with me. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.